Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit lhachurch.com. If you have your Bibles, if you'll take them out this morning, and let's go together to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. If you're turning there, be sure to get one of the beacons today. There's plenty of information in there. It's, uh, one of the things in there is for Membership Sunday. If you're interested in membership, please stop by the table in the lobby and see uh, Bob and Tina, and they'll make sure that you get uh, the application and everything that you'll need. Psalm 119, we're going to continue today. We started back a few weeks ago, back actually at the beginning of the month, talking about the promises of God. And today we're going to uh, bring a conclusion to that, that part of that series. Psalm 119, verses 49 and 50. Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me and it comforts me in all my troubles. Remember your promise to me for it is my only hope your promise revives me and it comforts me in all my troubles you know friends there's something about this life that you and I live there's something that is reassuring there's something that is comforting there's something that is calming when we hear someone say the words, I promise. We found a couple of weeks ago in the word that God is a promise maker, but not only is he a promise maker, but he's a promise keeper. It is when we know someone can not only make the promise, but they can fulfill the promise that it brings strength and a calmness to our hearts. God's promises are designed to give you and I assurance and to give us peace when we walk through the difficulties of this life. Promises come as a result of circumstances that have presented themselves in our lives that are beyond my ability and beyond your ability to handle. God's promises bring about a result to situations that we can't handle on our own. An example of the power of his promises would be that in our own strength, in our own ways, we cannot be made right with God. All we have is works. And so often we try the works. If I am a better person, if I, if I do these things, then surely God will bring me salvation. But our works, the Bible says, are like filthy rags. They're worthless. They have no ability to change anything. But God's promise to you and I is that through his son Jesus Christ, you and I cannot just not only just be made right with God, we can be forgiven of our sin. And the Bible says the miracle of his promise says this, not only will he forgive my sin, but he will forget my sin and put me in a standing with him as though I had never sinned. My prayer for you, my prayer for my life in 2019 that you and I will experience the strength, the power, and the peace that his promises can bring to our life. We sang a few moments ago, this is how I fight my battles. The truth is, the truth is for your life and my life, we don't know what the coming year will hold. 2018 brought some changes for a lot of us. We don't know what tomorrow, next week, next month, or the end of the year will be. But as the scripture says in 
Romans 8 and verse 37. In all these things, in all these trials, in all these hurdles, in all these disruptions, in all these things that catch us off guard, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The text for today says, your promise revives me and it comforts me in all my troubles. His promises act as a declaration of faith for the future of your life and my life. When you and I are faced with troubles, his promises revive us. His, his promises comfort us. They will strengthen us and give us a hope so that you and I can keep pressing on. The encouragement from the word is trust in the Lord. What? With all your heart. That's the word for us today. As believers in Christ, you and I do not fight battles the same as we did before we knew Christ. You see, the promises revive us and the promises comfort us because they enlarge our vision of what God can do. This is really important. If you've ever been faced with circumstances that were very difficult... I don't know in your life, but in my life, I've had times where I've said there is no answer. I've tried to fix it. I can't fix it. I can't see a way out of it. It's kind of like you're in the dark tunnel. You've heard that, that story of being in the dark tunnel, and there's a light at the end, but it's an oncoming train. And you say there's no way to get out of this. God's promises... Enlarge our vision of what God can do. Look at the passage with me in Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. You're going to see it on the screen. I want to today, I, there's a lot of, of passages I'm going to share with you. And I'll be honest with you. Today, my goal is not to get through everything in my notes, but my my, my, my process today, I want to get the word of God into your hearts. Ephesians 6, 3, 16 through 20. Listen to these words and receive them. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide... How long, how high, how deep his love is. May you, man, that's a word for you today. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us. You cannot overlook that part. He is able through his mighty power that is at work in us. He's at work in you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's at work in you. His mighty power that is at work in you to accomplish infinitely more. Man, the word's good, isn't it? Whew. 
If you ever wonder, why do I need to read the Word? Listen, this will set your day up. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Have you ever had something before that you could think about and it was great, but it was almost too great to mention because people might think you were crazy? Like, oh, you're believing a little too much there. You know, it's kind of like I can believe somebody would walk up and give me $5, but I would not say it out loud. I believe somebody's going to walk up and give me a million. Sometimes we come to prayer and we say, Lord, I need this. But we don't dare to ask the things that are beyond our imagination. He is infinitely able. What that means, there's no limit to accomplish all these things. Romans 4 and 21 tells us that Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Now, as little children, there's something that we have with our parents and especially our fathers. We believe that they can do anything. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 18, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what happens is we leave the state of childhood And we grow up to be adults. And as we become adults, we tend to see things differently than children do. We see all the reasons why things are not so simple. We see why things of life can be complicated and difficult. And as a result of seeing it difficult and complicated, then we find it hard sometimes to believe God to do the impossible. Because we see it from a logical standpoint. That's where the promises of God come in. His promises offset the natural side of us that tends to look at the impossibilities instead of the possibilities. God's promises enlarge our vision of what God can do for us. Paul said that God is infinitely able to accomplish more than we could dare to ask or even imagine. I would submit to you today that the only way that takes place is when we build our confidence in Him by rehearsing His promises, and as a result, we starve our doubts. If you've been a believer any length of time, you have probably at one time or another heard the phrase people have said, Feed your faith, starve your doubts. The power of the promises of God, they are rooted in the character of God. And we plant the seeds of the promises of God in our heart. And when we do, they will begin to bear fruit that will nourish us through life's tough times. Rehearsing the promises enables you and I to see God in control and not our problems. When we take our eyes off of God, what happens is our problems get magnified. Now, now to magnify something, have you all ever looked through a magnifying glass? It makes it large, doesn't it? To magnify is to enlarge. To, to magnify is to make something bigger. When God is magnified, the problems take their rightful place under his promises and his power. Have you ever had a time in your life when you didn't quite see things in the right perspective? You were looking at things, but you weren't really seeing it. And something that was really small, you allowed it to become something really big. It's the phrase, we've made mountains out of molehills. God's promises are like corrective lenses. They bring things in life back into proper perspective. God's promises allow you and I as believers to see things as they are. 
We can often think that our problems are so big that God is not concerned about those things. And when we look, though, throughout the Word of God, we find people coming up with some really big problems. We see people with some basic problems. But we find that God is an answer no matter what the problem in our lives. When we look at Matthew 14 and 20, we find that Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish when people needed something to eat. I want to tell you, if, you have not, if you've not engaged yet in our LHA Bible reading uh, track for this year, we're reading through the entire New Testament. I want to encourage you, if you've not jumped on board, you still have time. You can join, jump on board. The papers are back in the lobby on the table. I want to encourage you to join with us as you read the stories of Jesus and what he did and how he responded to the people, responded to the You know, he had 5,000 men plus women and children, and all they had was a few loaves and a few fish, and they fed them all. And the Bible says basketfuls were collected when they got done. Friend, if he can provide for people who just missed a meal like that, how can he provide for you and I when we've got a great need? The Bible says in Matthew 14 and 25, he walked on the water to join the disciples. In Matthew 17 and 27, I love this, this story. He provided money to pay the temple tax for himself and Peter through a fish's mouth. That was in our Bible reading this past week. And I love the story. They came up and said, doesn't your master pay the taxes? And Jesus said, well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. When, who do we pay the taxes to and who do we... Who do we do these things to? And he says, we pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. We pay to God what belongs to God. And they didn't have the temple tax. And Jesus said to Peter, I want you to go. Peter's a fisherman. He said, I want you to go. And he said, I want you to cast out there. And the first fish you get, I want you to pick him up. And when you pick him up, open his mouth. And in his mouth will be two coins. And I want you to take those two coins and go pay the taxes for yourself and me. Just think about that for just a minute. How many of you, if you came on a Sunday morning and said, you know what, I have a real financial need, and I said to you, I think the Lord is saying, you need to go down the Missinimar River, you need to get you a net, first fish you can catch, open his mouth, there'll be enough money there to pay your debt. You would go, we need to find a new pastor. He has lost his mind. Because you would say there is no way. Think about this. Out of all the fish, there was one. He knew right where it was, and he ordered the fish at the right time to be right there where Peter was at, and it would be the first fish, and it met the need. That's the kind of God that you and I serve. Matthew 21 and 19, Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and the Bible says, immediately it withered. Verse 20 says this, the disciples were amazed when they saw this, and they asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? And Jesus told them, I assure you, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may God lift you up and throw you into the sea, and it will happen if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. It's a promise. Mark 4 and 39, he calmed the raging storm with a simple word. In John 2 and 7, he turned the water into wine. He took nothing and made something. Exodus 4 and 2, he used a simple shepherd's staff in the hand of Moses to do the miraculous. In Judges 15 and 15, he used the jawbone of a donkey in the hand of Samson to take out a thousand Philistines. 1 Samuel 17 and 40, he used one smooth stone in the hand of a young man by the name of David to bring down Goliath, the enemy's strong man and champion. One smooth stone. First Kings 17 and 12. He used a handful of flour 
and a little bit of oil to provide long-term sustenance for a widow and her son. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 1 Kings 17 verse 15 it says this. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat from her supply of flour and oil for many days. You've got to get these words right here. For no matter how much they used, there was always enough left in the containers just as the Lord had promised. I love those words. For no matter how much they used, there was always just enough. Daniel 3 and 17, he was able to deliver the three Hebrew children from the fire. In fact, the story tells us when the king looked in the fire, not only did he see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but the Bible says he saw a fourth man. I can tell you this, friend. He may not keep you from the fire, but when you get to the fire, he'll go into the fire with you. He'll walk through the storms with you. He'll walk through the valley. I will not fear any evil when I get in the valley because you are with me. Daniel 6, he was the God who delivered Daniel from the lion's den. In fact, verse 22 in Daniel 6, 6 says this, My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me. My God sent his angel. Can you imagine that day what that lion saw? My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. So they would not hurt me. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. He is the God who is able to make grace abound in your life. You ever needed some grace? Hey man, I've needed it and some days I've needed it to be abounding. Jude 24. He is the God who is able to keep you from falling. Matthew 8 and 25. He's the God who has power over the wind and the waves. Matthew 10 and 46, he's the God that opens blind eyes. In John 11, he is the one who cursed the spirit of death in the body of a man by the name of Lazarus. In Luke 23 and 43, he is the God who forgives all sin. The Israelites watched as God destroyed the armies of Pharaoh without having to lift a finger. Gideon watched as he and his 300 men stood there and God defeated the massive armies of Midian. God used 120 disciples to establish the church in the book of Acts. We have seen throughout the word what God has done. We have seen throughout the word what God can do. My challenge to you is as you face this year, I don't know what problems may confront you. I don't know what situations you may have to walk through. I don't know what valleys you may have to traverse through. But I want to declare to you today, as a child of God, you have a resource that you didn't have before you knew him. You have the promises of God. My friend, they will keep you, they will sustain you, and they will carry you through the storms. They enlarge our vision of what God can do. Secondly, his promises show us new ways. Somebody say new ways. His promises show us new ways to respond in faith. Now, the truth is, in this world today, families are going to face new challenges. Job placement is going to be difficult. Sickness will continue. Discouragement and depression will uh, always be standing at the door. Uh, I saw the news was on the other day, and they said they were talking about uh, pop music. And they said today, right now in our culture, pop music is angrier, and pop music is more depressing than it's ever been in history. There is a spirit of discouragement that's filling our world today. We have more people on the planet, but yet loneliness is at an all-time high. Financial hurdles will continue to escalate. There will be difficulties in this life. I don't like them. I would enjoy life just kind of bypassing them. But difficulties are a part of this life. 
Paul said for the believer in Jesus Christ, in Romans 8 and 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. He said in death, we're more than conquerors. In trials, we're more than conquerors. In difficulties, in things of all kinds. It is in these things that we find the promises of God to be a strong anchor so that we can respond in faith. The best thing that you and I can do when confronted with controversy and difficulty is to invite God in. The world, the world when confronted with difficulty, when circumstances take place, it is our natural inclination to go into what can I do to fix this? What do I have to do to fix this? And I'm not saying, please don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying that as a believer, just because we have promises of God, that we just kind of sit back in the lazy boy and we kind of have the remote and we kind of hit the right button. Okay, God, I need this and God, I need that. And I'm just going to sit back here and watch you work. I'm going to watch the God show. I believe there are elements God expects us to do our part in living this life. But I also believe there's a lot of things I face in this life that is beyond my ability to control. It's beyond my ability to fix it. And the world without God, the place you head to in that is you head to a place of despair. And so what I've got to do is I've got to cover up the pain. I've got to cover up the worry. And so what do we do? We go through things in life. We get into a fair because I need a new relationship. I've got to have something to help me cope with this. Or we'll, we'll go into a place of drunken stupor. I'll get another fix. I need another drug. I need another this. I need another that. I need some more money. I need a new job. I need a new family. I need a new this because I've got to deal with this difficulty and this pain that's going on. As a believer in Christ, friend, you are not relegated to the things that are of this natural world. There are promises of God that will carry you and I through the difficulties when we don't understand it. When things Have you ever had a time when things didn't turn out the way you thought they would? I've got some situations in life right now I'm walking through that they're not going the way I thought. They're not going the way I want them to. I've got some things I've prayed about and I haven't seen them go the way I want them to go. You ever get aggravated about that? I do sometimes. But I'm so glad to know today that I don't have to count on what I can accomplish or what I can make happen. Because what happens is I think, if, if, if I'll just do this a little bit more, if, if, if I'll just, i, I got to think of a better way. i got to get a book and read a book and get a better way. Let me give you a challenge today. We sang about it earlier. Instead of running in fear back and forth, have you ever paced? in worry you're just kind of pacing and you're wondering and your mind's running and you're thinking if I can do this and if I can do that and man I've got to accomplish this and, and we're writing things down and we're making goals and we're well I've got to do that I've got to talk to them again and I've got to this and I've got to that and you've got to unsay love one and you think if I just do this more if I just do that more surely God will say and surely and so I got to do all this here's really how we need to fight our battle Stop pacing. Friend, you can pace internally. You say, I'm not walking the floor, but you're pacing internally. And so instead of in fear, I say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm reminded of the words of Hezekiah when he said this, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I can't do this, but God, I know, God, that you're able. God, I can't get through to them, but I know you can get through to them. God, I don't have the answer, but I know you have the answer. You see, this is what you have that you didn't have before Christ. And so I don't know what 2019 will be for you, but if it does, the place I encourage you to go is right here. God, I need you. God, I need you. 
God, I need you. And then you pull out the word. God, I need you. God, I don't know how to do it. But right here, your word says you do know how to do it. God, I don't know how to get it. But have you ever been in water that was too deep for you? You can handle it for a little while, can't you? You know, you're kind of there and you're kind of kicking your feet and you're keeping yourself above the water. And after a while, you start getting tired, don't you? And then you start, it's getting harder and harder and harder and harder and I remember one time Paul and I, we were on a vacation and we were out snorkeling in the ocean and I'd gotten water in the, in the mask. And so I'm in this, I, I, it was 50, 60 feet of water probably and I, I'm up there and I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to keep my head out of the water and breathe and try to get the water out of the mask. And, and I'm just fighting and just kind of flailing in the water to get this accomplished because it was way more than I could handle. But you know what happens? God's promises come into our life when we're in situations like that and they're like a life person. Preserver. And that life preserver goes around you and it gets up underneath your arms. And when you can't hold yourself up, it'll hold you up. And when the water's deep, it's he's deeper still. And when the fire's hot, he's hotter still. And when the need's great, he's greater still. Stop running. Start calling on him. Invite God in. Invite God in. Instead of saying, oh, God, what are we going to do? And we talk to everybody else. Say, God, what are we going to do? I need you. God, I don't have the answer, but I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Say Chronicles 20, they were faced with armies. Midianites had gathered around them, and they, they, they were swamped in the natural. There was nothing they could do. And Hezekiah said, I don't know what to do, but we're going to call the name of the Lord. His promises show us new ways to respond in faith, not fear. Fear says, we're going down for the count. Fear says, I don't know what else to do. Faith says, I may not know what to do, but my God does know what to do. And even if it doesn't go the way I planned, God will still be faithful in my life. God will carry me through the storm. God will carry me and get me on the other side. Some years back, I share with you that God's promises are like a bridge. They get us from where we are to where we need to be. I pray for revelation in your heart today. Galatians 3 and 29 tells us that we are heirs of Abraham's promise. Romans 9 and 26 says that we are children of the living God. Ephesians 2 and 19 says we are God's people and the members of his household. 2 Corinthians 6 and 18 says, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Matthew 7, 11, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? We can respond differently to the problems. We can respond differently to the circumstances when we realize and understand that we are God's children. And as long as we're God's children, we are never without hope. We're heirs of the Father. The Bible says we're joint heirs with Jesus. We don't have to walk about like orphan children and like paupers who have no hope. David said these words, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. You know, my father a few years ago, my dad was a really important part of my life. And my father went to be with the Lord uh, July the 1st, 2015. And I'll be honest with you, my life has not been the same since. You know, that's one of those things that's a loss. How many of you don't get over it? You just kind of learn to go through life with that empty place. But one of the things I remember about my dad is, uh, man, my car break down. And I'd say, Dad, I need your help. And he'd say, well, I'll be there in 10 minutes. 
And my dad, my dad was so creative. He'd come. My dad always amazed me. He could take, he could take things that nobody else could figure out. And he, my dad, I have tools in my garage that look, if you were to look at them, you'd think that's really weird. And it's because my dad bent tools and made tools to meet the need. He was a lifesaver. There were times in my life I would uh, make some dumb decisions financially. And I would call my dad and say, Dad, can I borrow some money? I had a great dad. My dad never said, what'd you do this time? My dad didn't say, did you do something dumb again? My dad would say, how much do you need? And I would say, I need this much. And he'd say, well, come by, and I'll have it ready for you. I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to plead. I didn't have to cry and carry on. I didn't have to. My dad never once said to me, well, you know, you're really not worthy of me helping you. How many of y'all remember, some of you will be too young to remember, how many of y'all remember the old Batman show? You remember at Commissioner Gordon's office, he had that red phone that was there? And it would light up. The police in Gotham City, they handled everything they could, but when something really bad happened, it was beyond their ability, the red phone would light up. It's kind of the way my dad was. My dad had a red phone at Towson. When it got beyond my ability, I would call him, and I'd say, I really need your help. And he, just, he was just there. I guess what I'm trying to tell you today is, friends, you don't have to plead. You don't have to beg to get God to help you. You just got to invite him in. Let me tell you one thing about God. I think probably all of us in this room have blown it spiritually from time to time in the same day. <laughs> I have never yet went to God and him say to me, you dummy. What, what were you thinking? I've never had God respond back to me and go, well, you did that six months ago. God never said to me, when are you going to learn your lesson? been a lot of times I've just said Father I have blown it and you know I'm quick to remember what I did six months ago and often in my mind's eye I think of that story and I say well God I know I did it before and he says no I don't remember that the Bible says he forgets he cast my sin in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. And so when 1 John 1, 9 comes to light and I have to say, God, I confess my sin to you. You know why he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin? Because he doesn't bring up your past sin. So he's quick. To forgive us of our sin, as the Bible says, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whatever need you have, invite him in. Instead of trying to figure it out, fall to your knees. That may be as you're driving down the road in the car. You can be anywhere you're at during the day. The Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart at the beginning of this year about giving you some tools. About giving you some tools that will help you as you walk through 
the future. How I many right now is really kind of a crazy time in our culture, in our world today, in our nation. We live in a blessed nation, but it's really kind of, woo, it's kind of messed up right now. I think for a lot of us, we're thinking, man, what, what's the next month? What's the next six months? Uh, what's what's going to be? A lot of uncertainty. My prayer has been for you and the things the Holy Spirit has been speaking about. I wanted to give you some tools so as you walk through those things that you're not without hope and you're not without help. This has never been based off what you and I were worthy of. It's based on the fact we have a Father. A Father who cares about us and a Father who loves us. if you'll come musicians the rest of the musicians you can you can stay put we're I've been asking the Lord all morning how to close our time together and I, I want to pray for you a little differently normally um, when when you know the the normal way if you would when we share on the promises we'll get everybody around the front and if you need a promise we'll pray for you and I do want to pray for you this morning but my heart and my burden today for you is that we have revelation today. Because the truth is, friends, some of you today, man, every, you know, right now it, it may be snowing cold outside, but in your life right now, it's all summertime breezes and flowers and everything's great. But in a couple weeks, a couple months, you're going to walk through some difficulties. My prayer is that when those difficulties come, there'll be revelation. That, that when uh, things that would normally alarm you, something will stand up on the inside of you that says, I don't have to run in fear. I don't have to be afraid because you're with me. Would you bow your heads this morning? I believe the Father is here this morning, right here in this room, right in this moment. Father, I stand here today and I pray for these, these people. They're your people. They're your sons. They're your daughters. Father, you know the world we live in today and you know how this world can create fear and anxieties and worries. Father, you know how life can bring things that are very difficult to walk through. Father, I pray today for them that this will not just be words that will enter their ear and that they would hear in a natural sense. God, I pray that it will go beyond that to a supernatural Pray the words that go in their ears will find a, a lodging place, a sticking place in their heart. Father, when we don't know what to do, you always know what to do. Father, in the natural, my dad always seemed to have the answer. But there were some things that were beyond my dad's control. But you're my heavenly father and there's nothing that's beyond your control. Father, I ask today for a revelation of your promises in our hearts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus as we face trials and difficulties, I pray that something will stand up on the inside of us like it did in Hezekiah when he was alarmed 
And he said, we don't know what to do, but God, our eyes are on you. I pray that same spirit will fill the hearts and the minds of these people in this room today. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I don't know how to resolve it, but my eyes are on you. I don't have the answer, but I know you have an answer. And I trust you. God, I pray that there would be revelation today that your word will revive us. It will comfort us. Pray there'll be revelation that, Father, we'll start running to you. Not pacing in fear in our bodies and in our minds and our emotions. But, God, we'll run to you. We'll run to you. You're the help we need. So, God, I pray for revelation. And, Lord, as that revelation comes, God, I pray for people in this room right now that have needs that are beyond their ability to handle. Father, they came today. They've been holding on. They've been doing all they know to do. Pray today, Father, they'll grab a hold of one of your promises. They'll grab a hold of your word. They'll grab a hold of one of the many promises we proclaim today. And even when we don't see it, we know that you're working all things together for the good. Even when we don't feel it, we know that you're our God and you're able to keep us from falling. Even when we don't understand it, we know that you're the God who's looking over our lives. So, Father, today, as we labor so much in life and we work so much to resolve, I pray you'll bring us to a place of just surrender where we say, Lord, it's in your hands. It's in your hands. For those who've been laying awake at night in fear, Father, I ask in this moment that the peace of God that passes all understanding will come and guard their heart and their mind. God, I can't do it for them, so I'm asking you. For those that have been walking this year, they, they have lost a loved one and they've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I pray, Father, you'll remind them that you're right there with them. They're not alone. And you're the great shepherd that looks over them. God, we trust in you today. Friend, right where you're at, just as we're in this spirit of prayer, right where we're at, just quietly right where you're at, just talk to him. Maybe you just need to yield your situation to him. Maybe you know today what it is. Just say, Lord, I need your help. I need you to carry me because I can't walk. I need you to speak on my behalf because I have no more words to speak. I need you to do for me because I can't. I've done all that I know to do. God, we're trusting you today. Our eyes, our eyes are on you. And I believe, Father, today that you're going to carry us through today. I believe you're going to carry us through tomorrow, next month, next year. You will hold us right in the palm of your hand. You'll carry us. This morning as you prepare to leave, if you have not yet joined us on our Bible reading plan together as a church, I really want to encourage you to join us. Here's why. 
I know you have enough to do. I'm not trying to give you just a, another busy thing to do. But I know this, as you read the word, the word gets inside of you. When trouble comes, it's amazing how scripture will come back to you. It'll come back to your mind. A promise will come back. A, a situation as you read through the life of Christ. You'll say, you know what? You were there for them and I believe you're here for me. I encourage you to plant his, his word in your heart. For his promises will revive you. They'll comfort you and they'll keep you in all your troubles. May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet. May it be a light for your pathway. May the word of God be a shining beacon in the dark nights of trouble and despair. May the word of God be found in your life as a life preserver when you are in the ocean of troubles of life. May it keep you, protect you, sustain you, cover you. May the word of God fill the hunger and the void in your life. May the word of God go with you every day that you live. May it fill your mind with the promises that he gives. May the word of God be blessed in your heart and in your life. May the word of the Lord be fulfilled for you. I believe God has good things for you this year as we walk together in his word. Father, the roads are slick, and I pray you'll keep these people safe today. I pray the angel of the Lord would encamp round about them. <laughs> I thank you for the ones that you kept safe that slid off the road today. Coming here, you kept them safe. I pray you keep them safe going home. Watch over them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you.